Welcome to another episode of Shocking, Lord Tawdry, A History of American Scandals. I'm Casey Howe. And I'm Mark Pygert. And we're here to tell you the scandals that America forgot. Welcome, everyone. Delighted to be here, Casey. So excited to see you again. It's been Thrilled. so long. I'm so long. So, so long. So, so long. Solid 20 uh, minutes. We're in okay. the middle of March. <sighs> we are. We are your birthday month. So my birthday month, as previously established, my birthday mm-hmm. month. Um, mm-hmm. I think maybe tomorrow is my birthday. I think this might be the tomorrow is your birthday, p- potentially. Or is today my birthday? <laughs> How do I still not know? Well, it's your birthday uh, on Tuesday. No, today is my birthday. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, today is my birthday. Oh my god! Happy birthday! Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, today is my birthday. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. I hope you love my wonderful gift I got you that's I arrived do. in you the know, future. You, you, I always think of you on my birthday because when I went to LA the first time, you sent me an enormous <laughs> arrangement of flowers. I did. Like, I did. So big that the desk clerk looked at me askance. <laughs> he thought you were doing something else in that room. Yeah, he had... Yeah. And I left the mm-hmm. do not disturb sign up because I don't need you to clean my room every day. I'm very tidy. I don't have a lot of so trash. True. I don't, I live in New York city. I use the same towel every day for a week. Like I don't need fresh linens. And so I had the That's do true. not disturb sign on. So he was like, and he was so put out about it. Well, we oh. would have taken these up to your room, but you're the do not disturb sign up. So we had to leave them here at the desk. I was like, like, yeah, oh. stay out of my room. Like a normal human. Thanks. And you're welcome for, you know, freshening up the lobby with a fresh flower arrangement. So true. For a few hours. Sorry to add a little class to Hollywood Historic <laughs> Hotel here on Melrose. Ooh, I do. I remember that. That was good. They did a good job on that one. I forget which florist I used. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the best thing about that hotel was it was almost directly across the street from Paramount Studios. Yes, that's and right. I could walk to uh, whatever. I can never keep the cemetery straight, but I could walk to one, whatever the big cemetery is right there behind Paramount. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good location. I always liked their studio location the best. Yeah. It's got those mm-hmm. gates. Yeah. And it has a nice, um, they kept a lot of like the old features. I'm sure they're not the same as what they were, but that was always a nice lot. Then the other lot that, that I've always loved was um, Sony's lot. Sony's a little like under the radar, nice lot. Interesting. I've mm-hmm. only been on Paramount and Fox. Yes, Fox. Fox is just a fun one, though, because they have all like the sets out. Yeah, which is Fox cool. has um, the better version of New York City. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, somehow, as always, we have managed to uh, improv our way into <laughs> the perfect opening for my our chosen scandal. I love this. Uh, because love what, when we do that. What? better way to start talking about today's scandal than by discussing New Yorkers moving to California and falling in love with movie making. Today's scandal is Clara Bow. Yay! Full stop. Stop. There's not just one, just Clara Bow. Yay! Okay. Uh, now, as you know, I have a psychedelic uh, portrait painting of Clara Bow hanging in my living room. Correct. By Elaine Havelock, I believe. She only did a handful of psychedelic portraits of 30s, 20s and 30s movie stars. 
Uh, Clarabeau is by far the best one. <clears throat> Clarabeau is a very big deal for me. Uh, she's a fantastic silent movie actress. She's also good in the few sound movies that she made. Uh, there's something very, very modern about her performance style, about her look, about her energy. Mm. One of the great problems with silent films is everyone has a very stereotypical image of what a silent movie is, what silent movie acting is. And right. if you watch almost anything from the era, that is mm. not the case. Like whatever you're picturing is not the case. Yes. Not to proselytize for silent movies, but I'm a huge <laughs> fan of them. I find them a really beautiful uh, work of cinematic art that does not get nearly the attention that it does. In particular, movies starring women of the era. Shocking. Uh, so Clara Bow's movies are, so granted, almost half of them are lost. Almost half of her 50-something movies are completely lost. Really? Just Which went is, in the trash? Uh, so it was all filmed on nitrate. Nitrate degrades very quickly. No one really oh. understood. Everyone was treating movies as a get-rich-quick scheme. Got it. So okay. a few exceptions. Mary Pickford saved all of her movies. Like, she kept copies of them all. Huh. Crazy. Uh, but mostly people just didn't think about it. Mm, they were people like, we're going to show it and then... Who cares? It's gone well, forever. And, yeah. and much like until Desi Arnaz and I Love Lucy, reruns were not a thing. Right. Of course. Because the thinking was, why would you want to see it again? You've already seen it. Now, movie reissues were a thing, um, certainly in the 30s and definitely in the 40s and 50s. But uh, there was no real care taken to preserve. Interesting. Okay. I didn't realize that. Huh. So a lot. So Theda Barra, who is an extremely uh, famous a silent movie vamp. She she created the archetype of the vamp. Um, she's still someone who people kind of know the name today. Only six of her 40 movies survive. Wow. It's it's really insane, insane when you think about what has been lost and what what the uh, what the history of movies would look like if we had access to wow. all of this stuff. Uh now never mind that every fucking Buster Keaton movie and I love Buster Keaton. Uh, let me preface this by saying I love Buster <gasps> Keaton. But he made a couple of sound movies for MGM that are not funny, that are not him at his best. And they've been released on in a DVD, in a pristine prestige DVD collection. Wow. Clara uh, Bow's movies, oh, like one of her best, Man Trap, is a silent movie. It was released on Blu-ray, but it's not a true Blu-ray restoration. It's just been like uploaded Copy. onto a Blu-ray disc, apparently, right. based on Amazon <gasps> reviews. Like there, the same amount of care is not given to women like Marion Davies and Clara Bow as is mm -hmm. given to the Buster Keatons. Even Mary Pickford, many of her best movies are out of print on DVD right now. Hmm. I'm thinking specifically of My Best Girl, which is a breathtaking silent movie and one of the first that I watched that I really fell in love with that genre. Huh, okay. Um, so Clara Bow is the it girl. She is the it girl, she's the OG it girl, she's the OG Marilyn Monroe. She is fun, sexy, mm -hmm. uh, flapper, vamp. Uh, she, she has a very charming Cupid doll look to her. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to go, we're going to do things a little bit differently for, for my scandals. Usually I just jump into the scandal, but I want to give you some context because okay. uh, things really, it was a perfect storm for Clara Bow in terms of where she ended up. Okay. 
Clarabelle was born in 1905, and she was a has-been by 25. Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, so, Jeez. to quote Steel Magnolias, her whole life was a study in tragedy. <laughs> uh, when her mother was 16, she fell out of a window and was later diagnosed with psychosis due to epilepsy. Oh, wow, okay. Which did not make Clara's childhood any better at one point. I think Clara was 16. She woke up to find her mother holding a knife to her throat. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, and had to actually fight her mother off. Wow. To keep from killing her. Jeez. Okay. Uh, Yikes. That, that kind of sets the tone for Clara's life. Peaceful one minute, fighting for survival the next. Got it. Okay. Wow. Uh, her biographer, David Sten, fantastic biography, Clara Bow, Run and Wild. I highly recommend it if you're curious about knowing more about her life. Uh, Davison alleges that she was raped by her father at 16. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I obviously, like, no one knows that for certain. Uh, that is what the biographer says. She remained extremely dedicated to her father for the rest of his life. Okay. Uh, kind of blindly. Like, no one really understood why this successful, wealthy woman would take care of her shiftless, good-for-nothing father. But she did. She was extremely, extremely dedicated to the people who were close to her. Okay. Uh, of all things, she wanted to be a gym teacher because she was a tomboy and she was athletic. And oh. then she, you know, uh, as Dorothy Parker said, it, hell, she had those. <laughs> uh, so once she got those, all the boys that she was playing sports with didn't want to play sports with her anymore. Right. Yes. They wanted to play other sports with her. <laughs> Different so, different sporting events. Like like a lot of people of the era, she was fascinated by movies and movie stars, and she decided she wanted to be she wanted to be a movie star. Okay. So 1923, she's not quite 20. Uh, she makes her first movie appearance, Build 10th, in Down by the Sea and Ships. She gets great reviews. Oh wow, okay. Uh so she does a few more in New York and then she heads to Hollywood. Okay. She heads to Hollywood and she is maybe the only silent movie star, maybe the only movie star full stop until much, much later in Hollywood history to not put on any airs about where she came from or who she was. So she's a Brooklyn girl. She spoke the rest of her life in a thick Brooklyn accent. <laughs> she never, so, I mean, Mary Pickford was a trashy Canadian girl named Gladys Smith. And she's having tea parties at her mansion pick fair. Right, right. Where she's making Joan Crawford feel bad because Joan Crawford cleaned toilets as Lucille Lesseur. And she's now trying to make herself into Joan Crawford, an elegant lady, glamorous lady. And only Clarabelle was like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, okay. So, I'm and also she's, she's a tomboy me. who wanted to be a gym teacher. She would play with gender roles a lot in public. She posed many times uh, as a, like just as a boxer. Huh, okay. She played a boxer a few times. Uh, none of this made her popular in Hollywood. Got it. Fair. Among certain, certain circles. Many people loved her because she, she was utterly beguiling and she was completely herself. Okay. Like there was sure. no pretension. There was no falseness about her. Uh, mm -hmm. There was no filter. Mm -hmm. Someone once said, she doesn't live for tomorrow she doesn't even live for today. She lives for right now in this moment. She does not <laughs> think past this moment. And, you know, that's 
extremely charming and mesmerizing when you're around it. Mm -hmm. So she made her first movie in 23. By 1926, she stars in It, which creates the sensation of like sex appeal. It is sex appeal. She's the It girl. She becomes a, she's now a massive star for Paramount. Okay. Uh, Mostly known for kind of sexy comedies Mm -hmm. or for playing kind of sexy, maybe bad girls, but they're really good. She also does a few dramas in there. She's best known now for her comedies. Uh, Directors like Victor Fleming and Joseph von Sternberg routinely called her the greatest actress on screen. Wow. Okay. Everything was just right under the surface. So she could cry on cue. Mm. It was apparently there was nothing that she could not do with the right director. She needed someone. She didn't want to rehearse. She needed a director to tell her what was needed and then she would deliver it. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think it was Victor Fleming who said she was like a Stradivarius. And if you touched her right, she responded with genius. Interesting. Okay. So after many, many boyfriends, a lot of them very public, uh, she married movie cowboy Rex Bell and she retired from movies. Okay. We'll get to why she retired in movies in a second. Okay. Uh, Rex became a politician and guess what? Who better to trot out for events and dinners than his gorgeous movie star wife? who did not want to be in the public eye anymore. Excellent. Perfect match. Yeah. At one point in 1944, Belle ran for Congress and Clara tried to kill herself, writing in a suicide note that she preferred death to public life. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ah. In 1949, she checked into a sanitarium where no one could agree on what was wrong with her, if anything was wrong with her. And when she checked herself out, she went straight to a bungalow and lived alone, away from her husband and children, until her death in 1965 at age six. No way! No way! Yeah. She was just like, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. So okay. how did we go from one of the major movie stars, one of the iconic movie stars of the 1920s, retiring by age 27, ultimately. Yeah. And then living for until 60? Yeah, that's crazy. So what like what what happened in the span of basically six years? Yes. Okay. A few things, Casey. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. You mean uh, it just wasn't out of the blue? She just wasn't another crazy lady? No. <sighs> no. Uh all right, buckle in, okay. babe. Okay, here we go. So Clara Bow was an uninhibited enough to be found problematic. And certainly uh, her producer slash manager at Paramount used to call her crisis a day Clara. Oh, okay. Because she was a little bit spontaneous. She was a little bit heedless. She didn't really put any thought into how things were going to play out. Well, she's living for the moment, not tomorrow. Exactly. Manager. Exactly. Get on board. One of one of the classic examples of how the movie industry responded to kind of this this uh, keg of dynamite is in the transition she, or in her transition from talkie from silence to talkies. Okay. So lots of people struggled with the transition because their voices were thin; they were not used to rejecting. Uh, in addition to John Gilbert being tagged as too effeminate when he spoke to maintain his leading la- his leading man status, Clara was kind of the 
the other one that got thrown under the bus when it came to transitioning to sound, at least in stories circulated later. Uh, okay. One one rumor about her first sound movie is that the first time she opened her mouth to speak, she blew out the microphones with her Brooklynese. Uh, right, her accent. Yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, uh huh. She did constantly look up at microphones. Okay. Because Makes she sense. was terrified of them. She can't rehearse and she's spontaneous. She's always moving. And with talkies, initially they were very static because you couldn't move the microphones. They hadn't figured out how to move boom mics. Right, yet. right. So Interesting. she's really struggling. And the more times that she fucks up, the worse it gets. Many of her later movies, she would just run off set in hysterics. Oh my gosh. There's not just the talkies that drove her to hysterics in those days. Uh, And we'll touch on that later. But that's a perfect example of how the industry responded to Clara. They are passing along these rumors about like making her into a joke, like making her accent into a hindrance. Well, I don't understand why they just didn't pull a singing in the rain on that and go ahead and just dub her over. Like, I mean. I think she's one of the inspirations for the character. Where was Gene Kelly when you needed him? I mean, come on. Debbie Reynolds, come on, step up. Come on, let's go. She she might have been one of the inspirations for that. Yeah. Like, she's kind of the famous, she's the famous female victim of the sound era, which is utterly Mm -hmm. outrageous because she made uh, several sound movies. Uh, Most of them, many of them were hits. Then she kind of hit a downward trajectory in terms of public opinion. Okay. We're getting there. And things were not hits. I just watched her last movie uh, yesterday. Okay. She's great. She's mm-hmm. so great. She's just hard-boiled and sexy and fun. And uh, it's just it's so terrible that she didn't get to make more movies. So okay. one of the things that really fucked her over is... Oh God. Uh, she just, she had a lot of sex. Okay. 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 She loved beautiful men. She okay. loved talking to her friends about the beautiful men that she fucked. She loved telling her friends uh, how hung the beautiful men that she fucked were and comparing okay. them using her hands as we all do. Oh, I mean, who hasn't been to a brunch when you're with girlfriends being like, okay, let's see. So because she was so open and like public, publicly like telling gossip columnists things that kind of got, got altered, but still were very clear uh, because she was so public it was going to come back and bite her in the ass. But uh, the, she, she got off two of my favorite lines about the same actor, uh, the lanky, beautiful Gary Cooper. If you have never seen photos of young Gary, like 1930 young Gary mm-hmm. Cooper, do yourself a favor. <laughs> Google it. I'm Googling uh, it right now. <laughs> so uh, Gary Cooper is extremely lanky. He's, yeah, I told you. It's very, yeah. So he's yeah. very lanky. He's got a very okay. flat ass. And Clara Bow said, oh, he's hung like a horse and can go all night. <laughs> okay. And uh, my favorite, poor Gary. The biggest cock in Hollywood and nothing to push it with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, 
okay. So she's just up front with it. She's just she's letting it all she's, hang out. She's totally uninhibited. And there's just nothing anyone can really do to reel her in. Mm-hmm. And then things... In the late 20s, things start to take a turn. Like in the very late, like 20, 29, things start to take a turn. Um, she's named as a correspondent in a divorce trial. So she was dating this guy who was married. His wife names her as for alienation of affection. And that's oh. really not something that happened. Uh, that The suit happens, happened uh-huh. at the time. But major movie stars were not allowed to be named. named. Sure. And people yeah. were just kind of fed up with dealing with Clara. And so a lot of scandals that could have been handled and it could have been handled behind the scenes sure. were just allowed to grow until they couldn't be contained anymore. Got it. So the studio was not necessarily doing yeah. their best to to give her the protection that other yeah. actresses may have received. And then she's also not helping herself. So she's gambling one night uh, mm-hmm. and her best friend and business manager, Daisy DeVoe, says, Clara, like, we got to go. That's it. She's like, oh, no, these are only uh, 50 cent pieces. These are only 50 cent pieces. And like, I'm, I'm ahead. Don't worry about it. She thought she was gambling with 50 cent pieces. They were $150 pieces. <gasps> and so when it came time for her to settle up, because she lost, she was oh, like, no. I no, I owe you maybe $300. You're telling me I owe you $13,000? <gasps> And they're like, yeah. And that's front page headline news. Like Clara Bow is a Welsher, yes. which at the time was worse than calling someone a whore. Oh Saying my that gosh. someone didn't pay their gambling bill or any bill is worse <gasps> than calling them a whore. Oh yeah. my gosh. So okay. somehow they they finagle it so that they turn it into a PR stunt. Okay. For an upcoming movie, and they jam in a reference to the whole situation in the <laughs> movie that she's filming. But all of a sudden, like, and you have to remember, it's the late 20s, so we're past the Fatty Arbuckle rape trial. We're past a lot of the heroin overdose deaths. Okay. So Hollywood doesn't isn't looking great. Right. Right. And especially with someone who is as wild and promiscuous as Clara. And upfront about it, like she's not, she's not pretending the way that everyone else is. Sure, everyone else is trying to all of a sudden put a yeah be on their best yeah. behavior because Hollywood needs a refresh, and she's yes, and giving giving them the middle like, finger. They're doing lip service to holding of up course. morality and doing all yes. of that. And Clara was just like, I'm not. You're not actually doing that, and I'm not doing it. I'm not saying anything, but mm-hmm. let, live and let live. Mm-hmm. So then comes kind of the, there's a one-two punch that basically destroys Clara Bow, certainly her career. Uh, the first punch is Daisy DeVoe, her business manager. Mm-hmm. So Daisy uh, and Rex Bell, who was Clara's boyfriend at the time, hated each other from the beginning. They both okay. thought the other was out to use Clara. When Daisy started working with Clara, and Daisy has no business experience. She didn't graduate high school. But she's really good. She takes okay. Clara, she takes Clara's savings account from like three thousand dollars to a quarter of a million. Oh wow! Okay, okay. So she's she's yeah she's like, fi- she's figured it out. And she's working to get Clara to a point where she can retire and just live. Mm-hmm. Okay. His things are starting to not be fun, especially at this point. And I think it's like nineteen thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially at this point, sound is in. It's not as much fun. There's too much mm-hmm. at stake now because now we've discovered that movies are money. 
Right. Got it. Okay. And so mm-hmm. now we're looking at things through a different lens. Mm-hmm. So Daisy and Rex hate each other. Clara just decides to keep them apart, which was the worst thing to do because it just let everything fester. Mm-hmm. Daisy overheard something that Rex said and interpreted it as him planning to embezzle money from Clara. So she went to the filing cabinet and took all of the documents related to Clara's finances and took them away and put them in her safety deposit box. Wow. Okay. But that made it look like she robbed Clara, which is what <laughs> Rex assumed. And then Rex tells Clara. Got it. Okay. And they call the cops and then Daisy's so enraged and hurt that Clara's believing Rex over her that she says, you can have all your papers back for uh, half of the savings. Oh, okay. I want $125,000. Okay. It's not a cute look. Uh, No, because uh, (laughs) one, it completely destroyed her relationship with Clara. Yeah. Because Clara said, I'm not paying you. You stole from me. (laughs) And Daisy says, okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a dumb idea. Can I just have my job back? And Clara said, you come here to blackmail me and then you ask for your job back? No, you can't have your job back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So Daisy goes Ugh. to jail. Daisy's in prison. Okay. Ooh, all right. Uh, Clara won't lift a finger to get the DA to call it off because it just goes straight to the DA because Clara Bow is involved. And then things get really bad. Uh, Clara's boss is so sick of her scandals that he refuses to intervene. Oh, okay. Clara is so distraught that her she thinks her best friend is out to like steal from her. And then her best yeah. friend does try to blackmail her. Yeah. That she just refuses to call anything off. She refuses to stop it. Meanwhile, Daisy is out for blood. All of a sudden... Daisy is determined to destroy Clara. Oh, no. So in 1931, a grand jury found Daisy guilty of multiple embezzlements because she signed checks to herself from the account. But many of their mutual friends said that was her reimbursing herself for things that she paid for for Clara because Clara did not carry money. Sure. Or she would buy a gift to give to someone. Right. And then pay herself back from Clara's account. So she's found guilty of multiple multiple embezzlements in the grand jury, and she faced 35 years in prison. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And a trial. Eh, okay. A public trial. Oh, no. A public trial that was billed as the, in the press as the biggest trial since Fatty Arbuckle. <gasps> oh, okay. It was. Oh, no. On the stand... Clara, uh, sorry, on the stand, Daisy answered every question with slander against Clara. (gasps) Oh, no. So they said, why did you take the papers? And Daisy said, oh, I took the papers because I needed to, uh, I took the papers because Clara was drunk again. (gasps) And if I told her what I was doing, she would have tried to kill me again. Oh, no. Okay. She somehow listed off all of the gifts, including the prices of that Clara bought her boyfriends. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. She showed telegrams from Clara to men, or from men to Clara, that revealed that Clara was often in overlapping relationships. <gasps> oh, no. Okay. And she accused her, she accused Clara of blackmailing her father. 
What? Like the crazy kind of grifter guy that she was inexplicably fond of. Yeah. So all of a sudden, Clara's fans know that Clara is devoted to her family. And now Daisy's coming in saying, actually, she was trying to blackmail him. Yeah. Which is totally false. Like all of this is false. It's just, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and unrelated to the trial. And unrelated to the trial. So then Clara has to take the stand. Oh no. She was a wreck. She had a cold. She had a stage fright and her Brooklyn accent was almost indecipherable between the cold oh, no. and just nervousness. With every answer, she just got more shrill and more nervous. Every time she answered a question, she, the courtroom laughed. <gasps> like they oh, were no. laughing at her. Oh no. And she, she just, she can't, do anything but respond as herself. So instead of kind of the very careful, articulate, well-modulated answers, she's just like, well, what do you mean? She was in charge of the money. How am I supposed to know how much I spent? Like, right. Like those like, kinds of responses, which, yeah. Are, so it's just a huge, it's a debacle. Like there's no other, it's a debacle that Claire is on the stand. Uh, at one point, the judge said, judging from the newspaper accounts, he can no longer tell who is on trial. Oh, no. Because Clara's responding to all of Daisy's scurrilous charges. Uh, and Clara actually broke down hysterics on the stand, just kind of screaming, I can't help it, over and over again as she's sobbing hysterically. Oh, my gosh. To which uh -huh. Daisy tells reporters Clara did it on purpose so that she could be the center of attention at Daisy's trial. Huh? Okay, sure. Yeah. So what ultimately happened is at Daisy's trial, Clara was put on trial for yeah. being a reminder of the excesses of the Roaring Twenties at a time when the depression was the worst. Right, right. So they're talking about a quarter of like Daisy wanted a quarter of a million or she had saved a quarter of a million dollars listing off all of the expensive gifts. That right. Her boyfriends, talking about getting drunk and, and this is not like, this is just the, the worst time. Possible time yeah. All of this could be made public or talked about publicly because that's just not the mood that we are in. That's not the yeah. vibe. That's not the vibe. <laughs> That's not the depression vibe we're going for here. Yeah. Ah, so, okay. As a result of, and remember, as a result of her business manager's trial, towns in California and Texas banned Clara Bow movies. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So just to make sure that the entire thing is a huge fucking travesty, Daisy is found guilty on one charge. <laughs> Which is the only one that she had signed herself instead of as Clara? Or no, it's the only one that Clara had signed herself. Okay. So it's the okay. only one that absolutely makes no sense to be. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. I was making sure I was understanding that, right? I was like, wait, so that would be the yeah. one that doesn't. Yeah. So yeah. they okay. literally admitted, the jurors admitted that they just chose one randomly because <gasps> they were getting into fisticuffs trying to come up with a verdict. Oh my gosh. They were like, let's just settle on one. We'll just do one. So oh my gosh. The, news, the news comes in and Clara begs the DA to be lenient on Daisy. And also, Clara could have destroyed Daisy on the witness stand. I think this is important. Sure. 
um, Daisy's father was a bootlegger who was in prison at the time. Mm, okay. Uh, and also Daisy was in a relationship with the Asian American cinematographer, James Wong Howe. Okay. Which absolutely, like in 1931, would, would have, have been a scandal. Yeah, would have yeah. Like destroyed Daisy's character. But James Wong Howe came and asked Clara to not say anything because oh, it wow. would have ruined okay. his career. Yeah. So Clara kept her mouth shut, did her no fucking good. She finally asked the DA, she felt so terrible that Daisy was found guilty. She asked the DA to go be lenient, but after what a joke and circus everything had turned into, mm -hmm. and especially after Daisy's behavior on the stand and in the courtroom, mm -hmm. uh, the judge sentenced her to 18 months in the county jail. Okay. Ugh. To which Daisy fainted dead away and became hysterical herself. <gasps> yeah. Okay, I can see that. So Clara's career starts to implode. It is a very, <laughs> like going bankrupt. Uh, it happens slow and then all at once. Yes, yes, okay. Uh, worse, so did her mental health. Her favorite thing about being famous is that all of a sudden she had all this love and adoration from her fans that she never had with her family. And now in a courtroom, her fans were laughing at her. Yeah. Oh. Like, and people are banning her movies. And so she feels very, very abandoned by her fans. Mm -hmm. uh, she ended, she would make three more movies. Wow. And okay. And never make a movie again. Wow. Partly because a few months after Daisy's trial, a tacky publication called Coast Reporter got handed out free to newsboys for door-to-door -door distribution. Are you ready? Oh boy. I was gonna, what's in that? This okay. is 1931. Okay. Here are some of the things they claim Clara Bow did. Okay. Fucked every man that she could. Okay. When there were no men around, she made her female servants have sex with her. <gasps> when her female servants were busy, she had sex with her pet koala bear or her great dame. What? She, uh. they said she seduced her cousin. They said she went out to a brothel, met a croupier, and engaged in a threesome with two Mexican sex workers. And when the croupier's wife found out, he killed her and then himself. What? At one point, okay. they suggested that Clara might have been better off if her mother had actually killed her with that. <gasps> oh my gosh. This is a series, like, this is a series of things that are being distributed. Wow. About a major movie star. I mean, even post the trial, she's still clear, like, she's still a movie star. She can still yes. play the movies. The only oh thing gosh. that got him was he mailed a few copies to, like, powerful people. <laughs> and he went to, I think he went to jail for, to prison for eight years for sending pornography via the U.S. mail. Wow. Okay. So this was not like a just run of the mill tabloid. He like had paid to get these distributed. It was just some guy. Yeah. Just had... making shit up. Oh my gosh. That's insane. Yeah. So that, I mean, oh that's gosh. it. Like Clara was done. She, Ugh. there was one movie she couldn't do because of the trial, because there was one movie she had a breakdown filming and mm. she ended up having to go and rest for a couple of months. Uh, and Paramount eventually said, oh, you know what? 
since you can't make a movie for a while and your mm-hmm. your, your contract is still uh, extant, you know, you don't want to just collect money for not doing work, do you? Like that wouldn't be that wouldn't be gentlemanly. So why don't you just agree to cancel your contract? Uh, and then we don't have to pay you $60,000 for you to not work. Oh my gosh. Please she said, tell oh, me. She, no. She said, oh, of course, of course. I don't want to be a burden to you guys any more <gasps> than I have been. I certainly don't want to get paid for work I don't do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... Here's an excellent quote from Clara Bow about her time in Hollywood. My life in Hollywood contained plenty of uproar. I'm sorry for a lot of it, but not awfully sorry. I never did anything to hurt anyone else. I made a place for myself on the screen, and you can't do that by being Mrs. Alcott's idea of a little woman. One of the, sorry, one of the other rumors, uh, which was then included in, I think, Hollywood Babylon, of all things, is that uh, she fucked the entire USC football team in one night, including a young John Wayne. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So they had a real problem with her sexuality. It was the real... Oh, yeah. Like That is the story of Clara Bow. And also, the Clara Bow is an excellent cocktail involving bourbon and grenadine. Oh, interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. that one's fun. Yeah. All right. Oh, interesting. I'll look that one up. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. It's just, it's so tragic when someone so nice and genuine and like wouldn't hurt a fly just doing her thing, minding her business, gets torn apart for so many reasons, you know, for, for no reasons, but, you know, by, by Hollywood and yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, and that everything. I had no idea. Everything was over the course of maybe two years. Yeah. I had no idea that she stopped making movies so early. Oh yeah. I had no idea. Wow. And she just said, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, it stopped, it stopped being fun. So she, uh, mm-hmm. she stopped her Paramount contract ended and then she came in like 32, 33 and did two movies for Fox. Okay. Savage and Hoopla. And then after that, she was like, I'm, it's not fun anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Got it. And then, you know, times were shifting and she was only 25. She was only 25, 27, maybe when she made the Fox movies. I, I, it's so, it's so strange to think that she was a star for only six years yeah but we but everybody knows her yeah you know and that's the the interesting thing i you know i thought that she kept making movies for a long or at least was in hollywood for a long time but yeah Yeah. i didn't realize it was so quick because everyone knows what in in my mind like you say clara bow i have that image yeah i know who you're talking about you know and then i'm not and i don't i'm not very good with um certainly not silent movie um, stars or anything like that of that era. But her, I'm like, yeah, no, I know exactly you have, who you're talking about. You have the archetypes and, of the silent movie stars. Mm-hmm, so there's mm-hmm. Rudolph Valentino. There's mm-hmm. maybe Gloria Swanson, mm-hmm, um, Garbo, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Pickford, mm-hmm. and then Clara Bow. Like that's, yeah, those yeah. are who you think of. And then Chaplin and Buster Keaton, but the comedians sure. are separate. 
Yeah. Uh, but that's crazy. I did not realize that. Yeah, it was so fast. And then, but she made such an impression and then to have her just go away because yeah. they ruined it. Anything that you watch with her in it will be fantastic. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'll get right to it. Interesting, Mark. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I was so excited when I remembered this one. Oh, my gosh. Plus, I got to Google young Gary Cooper, and that's always yeah, something. Just... <laughs> I just remember young Gary Cooper was naked in a movie that has, I think, been lost. But Oh, dear. Well, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the real tragedy. <laughs> 